Thank you. Um, I will explain what this is, what's happening here in just a second. Um, before I tell you why these guys are here, uh, I want you to know a couple things. Next Sunday, you're not going to want to miss that if you can help it. Um, bring someone along if you are so inclined. Uh, we are doing a State of the Union address, if you will, next Sunday, kind of where GPC is, where we've been, um, kind of where we're heading. I'm excited about that. Um, message and kind of laying out for, for you. It really will be nothing terribly surprising if you've been here a long time, but I think uh, you'll be encouraged by it. Um, you guys under control? All right. Uh, second thing I want to tell you about is after that, we're going to start a new series called The Seven, okay? The Seven is going to be about the seven deadly sins, and the idea behind this series is not simply to make us all feel guilty that we're sinners, because that's true and we are going to feel guilty anyway. But the point is that we're going to use this series to leverage a conversation about what a confessional community looks like. In other words, what does it look like to have at least someone or someones in your life that you can use as a regular, uh, th- that confession becomes a regular part of your relationship with them. And, that, and, I, and this is difficult. And we're going to talk about why confession is difficult, what the obstacles are to that, um, and, and a lot of those kind of things. But the seven is going to be a seven-part series uh, discussing the seven deadly sins and the impact of that on us, and then what a confessional community looks like, okay? Perfect. Thank you, guys. Hey, these guys are up here behind me for a reason uh, this morning. This is our elder team here at, at Grace Point. Um, I will introduce them here in a second to you, but we're going to talk this morning uh, about eldership at Grace Point and leadership here at, at the church. Uh, this, you need to know off the bat, this is not a sermon this morning, okay? So if you leave and think, man, that was not a very good sermon you're right, okay, this is, this, is not, this is not a typical sermon or a typical message, so just kind of demolish all your hopes for a really wonderful sermon and message this morning. This is more of a conversation with our elder team, um, so if you want a regular sermon, come back for the next 52 Sundays, okay, and you'll be fine. This morning's a little bit different that way, um, so there's the deal. Um, and by the way, we may or may not get to it, but I want to throw this out to you. Um, if you would like, I'm going to put this up here. If you would like an opportunity to ask these guys some questions, because we're going to have some Q&A, um, I'm going to turn this off quickly and, and yell out a number to you to text your questions to if you'll have them, okay? So, Marty, this is not your fault. This is me, okay? If you would like to, um, in the course of this morning, if you have a question for these guys, Here's a number that you can text a question to. I'll get it up here, and then we'll ask them. They didn't know this was coming. <laughs> um, so make it good, and we'll see if we can get to them as well, okay? All right, we're good? Um, here's the deal with eldership at Grace Point. I just want to let you know where we're at. Um, as a church, we would be considered an elder-led church, um, elder-led staff run. Uh, many of you know that. Some of you don't. Um, what we mean by that is what we have in our, in our bylaws is that the purpose of the elder board at Grace Point Church is to shepherd God's flock here in paradise in a manner consistent with Christ's servant leadership. Okay, bit of a mouthful. But the elder board is to do this work by basically laying out five responsibilities for these guys. It's in the bylaws. They all know about it because they've memorized the bylaws. It's part of being an elder. The first thing is ruling. That means taking care of or managing the church, uh, we see that in First Timothy, not ruling in the sense of authoritarian, but more serving, managing, taking care of. Um, responsibility of teaching, responsibility of leading by being an example to the flock, 
of guarding the body of truth from unsound doctrine and error, and of overseeing the church as a shepherd of his flock. Okay, so these are kind of the big picture categories. Overseers, shepherds, guarding from error, uh, leading by example, um, teaching and ruling or managing and taking care of. There's various responsibilities that these guys have. Their volunteers are nominated by the congregation. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but basically, they have responsibilities, as we talk about it, to God, to the congregation, and to one another. And, and essentially, uh, to, to break that down, simply a responsibility to God to discharge their duty biblically as, as honestly and fully as they can, um, to the congregation, to serve the congregation, to monitor the needs in the congregation, to work through churchwide issues, to help clarify mission and vision within the congregation. And also, these guys are my bosses. Okay, You wonder who, who does the lead pastor report to? It's a scary prospect, but these guys, okay, these guys oversee the ministry of the pastoral staff as well, okay, that's part of their responsibility. And then to one another, providing accountability, uh, fostering the values of the elder board, and also um, being in accountability with AMEC, the Alliance of Mennonite Evangelical Congregations, okay? Um, how do these guys get to be elders? There's qualifications we lay out in the bylaws, and they're, they're listed there. You can access them online. You can also... Um, well, that's probably the best way to do that. Or you can request a copy if you want to. But there's all kinds of qualifications, really, from the pastoral epistles that we, we get. Um, above reproach, husband and one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, all those kind of things. Um, we look at the biblical qualifications character-wise of an elder when the congregation nominates uh, them. So quickly, just to finish up, and then we'll turn to you guys here. Um, Elders are, were organized by, um, here, here's how it works, each of these guys has a three-year term that they serve. They can serve two three-year terms back-to-back, then they have to take one year off. Um, they're nominated by the congregation, and then the, if you nominate an elder, then the elders receive that nomination, then the elders kind of sort through the nominees and say, okay, are there, any, are there any issues of qualifications from what we know in the pastoral epistles that any of these men don't, don't meet? And if so, then they get off the list. And if not, then we basically pursue the nominees from the most votes on down to become a new elder. And then the congregation receives, uh, then we'll contact the individual who receives the nominations, ask them if they'd consider, uh, you know, becoming an elder at GPC. And then the congregation affirms their nomination and they essentially become an elder. That's kind of how that works. Um, Elders meet as needed, usually about once a month. And our decision-making scope, you should know that these guys have our, our elders, but also in our bylaws, um, our, our lead pastor and associate pastor, is the language, are also full elders. So that would be myself and Pastor Joel, who's on vacation this week, are also considered full members of the elder board. Um, the decision-making scope of these guys here, of the elder team, basically making decisions for the betterment of the church, but needing congregational vote on five things. Okay, number one is amending the church constitution or bylaws. In other words, we just can't change the rules without hearing from the congregation. Okay, we just can't make up a new constitution or bylaws. Number two is um, purchasing a, a property or, or selling property. You can't, you're not going to come here one day and be like, what, we sold the church? Seriously, like who, who told us that? Okay, that, that's required. Number three, the budget you guys need to vote on, the hiring of a lead or senior pastor but not staff below that. So the hiring of a senior pastor as a congregational vote below that is an elder decision. And then finally, the affirmation of elder candidates is something that's a congregational decision. Okay? So the five things that's listed in the bylaws in case you care about that. Okay? So that's kind of framing it up for us um, elders. And I'll say this before I turn to you guys. Um, this is a little important thing. 
The question of where does authority come from to be an elder is a good question to ask. You probably thought about that a lot this week, um, right? Right. The question of authority, in other words, who gives these guys the right and who gives us the right to lead or to serve the church in this way? Where does authority come from? Does it come uh, like the House of Representatives, you know, where you get enough votes from people, then, then we are responsible to represent your opinions on the elder level? And we'd say, no, that authority doesn't really come kind of from the bottom up. In other words, authority doesn't come from people nominating us to be elders, but authority comes kind of from the top down, where we, we believe that God gives the authority, and it's our role to serve and honor him first, and then to serve and lead us in that regard. Does that make sense? So it's a little bit of a clarification of, of where authority comes from to lead. In other words, you shouldn't come to an elder and say, hey, I voted for you, therefore you owe me. Okay? I mean, that, that's not the spirit of it, because authority doesn't come because you voted for an elder. It, that's just not where it comes from. We believe it comes from God coming down to us and kind of giving us that leadership and direction there. Okay? Fair enough? All right. So, let me do quick intros, and then we'll go. To my left here is Jim Mast, and we'll explain, we'll let you kind of do this in a minute, and Jesse Miller, Brad Byler, who's also our elder chairman, and uh, Dale Gaiman is hanging out over there, okay? So real quick question. This is going to be interactive. I already got one text. Keep them coming. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was funny, really helpful. All right, so let's turn this guy on. So let's talk real briefly. Just tell us quickly, how long have you guys been um, at Grace Point Church? Okay, I've been here about eight years. Eight years, all right. Um, I started coming here in 1994. Um, there was a particular reason that I started coming here, and she's sitting back there. So going on uh, about 20 years here at GPC, hard to believe already. And I also would be approximately 20 years. And all my life, I've been coming here. <laughs> 20 years. 20, no, 29. 20, 29. 29. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's go to the next thing here. If you had 30 seconds to tell us about who you are, uh, and now we're talking uh, personal life, um, whatever you want to. Kind of give us a quick summary of, of who you are. You 30 seconds to describe yourself to GPC. Wow, this is... We're timing it. <laughs> I hand it over to Dale. No, I <laughs> uh, That's tough to describe yourself, if you think about it. Um, I'd say... Um, the thing that, that I enjoy the most or the thing that I, I guess I like doing is, is talking to people. I love people. Um, I found out that I enjoy biking with this guy and these guys. Um, so, so sports is something that I've always enjoyed, but part of that was the interaction with people. And uh, so I'd say that's probably the, the thing that that I would describe myself the, the best is just, I love being around people. And my wife would say I love to talk. Not always in front of people, though. <laughs> I like to talk with people, so there you go. How many kids? Uh, I have uh, three boys and a girl. And there's only the oldest and the youngest are here today. The other two thought they couldn't handle me being up here. So just to let you know, that wasn't the reason. But So yeah, we have... Uh, Taylor's, Taylor's the oldest, he's, he's 20, Kyle is 18, uh, Rachel's 15, and Preston is 13. Very good. All right. Jesse? All right, well, I'm a, I'm a uh, high C personality, if you've ever taken the DISC profile, and that means 
generally speaking, that I'm very concerned with detail, so I've got all this written down, un unlike Jim. <laughs> that's one thing we've found is we've got different personalities on board here. But um, primarily, I'm a, you know, I would say that I'm a husband and a, and a father. Um, those are my primary duties. Um, I have three kids, uh, Caitlin, who's 13, Hannah, who's 10, and, and Adam, who is 7. And uh, found that, find that that takes up the majority of time uh, in life. Um, I love nature, love being outdoors. Um, I'm somewhat of a hunter, but I enjoy being out in the woods as much as hunting. And uh, again, with Jim, I enjoy riding bike with some of these guys here at church and playing some additional sports on the side. I'm the quiet one, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but that's okay. I uh, kind of discovered that these past few years, actually, uh, myself, that, uh, and they tell me at work that when I, when I talk or say something that people want to listen to me, that I say something that it, it means something. And uh, I think I, I've learned that even since I've been in this group. And, uh, of course, my, I have about myself, my lovely wife, We've been married, we'll be 34 years in January, and we have a daughter, Steph, and a son, John. Or, yeah, John, son-in-law, John, <laughs> and my son, Tom, and, and Kim, are, are, they're living above Williamsport. Um, I enjoy family time. I enjoy uh, being at home with them, and um, we play table games, and things like that. And of course, I have my favorite, oh, sorry, is my two grandsons. <laughs> they're four and three, and they're, it's just wonderful. Uh, great time with them. So. Next. Everybody took too much time. <laughs> um, I'm married to Lois, and we've been married for 25 years. And I have three sons as well. And that would be, Austin will be 23, will be 23. I just, they move at the same time. It's easy to remember. Connor's 21 and Dylan is 19. And I also enjoy a lot of outdoor activities. I do own a farm and the, my wife and sons help out a lot there. Um, enjoy hunting, enjoy golfing. Semi enjoy bike riding, as long as it's not with Tim. <laughs> I hear you. But, uh, <laughs> outside, and I enjoy being around people and talking with people. And I'll go with Jim, not always in front of people, but it can be done. This is better than preaching, <laughs> which was our other option. So you guys are better off as well. There's still time for that. All right, good stuff. Well, hey, we got our first question. I'm going to go ahead and ask it here. We're going to go off script here quick. You can tell a lot about a man by the coffee he drinks. My question is, what kind of coffee is each one drinking up here? Yes, none. Bold. None. No. Bold. Bold. <laughs> Bold, Jim. Cappuccino. Cappuccino. Bold. Same here. Same here. All right, good. Well, we know it works. Thank you for that question. That was good. Deep, deep, profound stuff. Keep it coming. We'll get to him if we can, all right? Seriously, keep it coming. It'll be fun. All right. Well, here's, here's the thing. We want to get, let you know the guys a little bit and also kind of their view of eldership at GPC. So let's, um, let's go back to that time when, when someone, it may have been me, I don't know who it was, who called you or emailed you or came to your place or whatever and said, hey, guess what? You won the nomination lottery for elder, right? Um, when the time came when it was, 
someone had, it may have been me, had the conversation with you and said, hey, you were just nominated to be an elder. Um, what went through your mind at that time? Because you probably weren't anticipating that conversation, but it happened. So what, what kind of hit first in your brain when that, when that came to you? I'd say definitely surprise. I, uh, I always thought of an elder as being somebody that's older, um, experienced, knows everything about God, the Bible, has everything figured out already. Um, so that, that was definitely my initial uh, reaction to it. Yeah, somebody called me at work and said, uh, I'd like to buy a tractor. And, uh, <laughs> that was Tim. But anyway, yeah, I figured out pretty quickly that's not really why he called. But again, yeah, it was a, certainly a surprise for me. Um, not something that I had been thinking about or anything like that. Um, I have to admit, you know, for myself and, and my wife, as we processed it, there was a bit of apprehension. Um, some of you are familiar with the, the recent history of the church and some of the things that we had gone through, some of the things that I had seen the elders been processing uh, just before I was asked to come on board. And um, knowing also that uh, we were going to be looking for a family pastor and that that was going to be a big decision coming up. So ultimately those things and also um, I guess the one other thing that had gone through my mind uh, in events leading up to actually receiving this call, there had been sort of time and time again, encouragement, whether it was through sermons here at church or through people that I was talking to, but encouragement about stepping into rather than stepping away from challenges. And uh, so those are just some of the things that Michelle and I processed together um, after being asked. Good, good. Um, Yeah, I can, my wife will vouch for how good my memory is and I can actually remember where I was when I got the phone call, which is pretty amazing. But, yeah, it's kind of the same thing went through my mind, is I'm not that old, was kind of the first <laughs> thing that went through my mind. Um, and then you think about the responsibility, the, you don't want to say you're on a pedestal, but you are put up in front of people as, as the face of the church, and it's a lot of things that you have to process, but, uh, yeah, those were some of the things that went through my mind initially. Well, for me, it was shock. I mean, I did not fit the the personality or the that I thought in my mind as being an elder. Um, but yet, I presented it to Kathy in the living room, actually, at our house, and she had well what's she was like she had no question in her mind that i could do this Hmm. and even to tom and steph it was like what's 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 your worries what's what's i'm a very much a warrior it takes thanks to my mom over there (laughs) 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 but yeah and i i still had real apprehensions for it i thought no i no i don't think so and then God, I could tell God was really spurring me on. Like, what's what's your excuse? Or he wanted, excuse, or I thought I needed an excuse to not do this, and I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> you give me many, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was just a shock. It was a, a surprise for me, but yet, uh, 
I have enjoyed it very much, and uh, will continue to to rely on God to uh, to help me out. Yeah, great. All right, good. Hey, we've got a couple of questions, which is very exciting. One, would you look at this from the chairman of the elder board? Asked, how long does this have to go on? <laughs> Seriously, answer it. Three hours. That's how long this has to go on. This is only part one, buddy. You just wait. All right, no, a couple other good questions here. Um, uh, we're going to get to this. Let's just get to it right now. Um, a couple questions on the, the concept of what excites you about where God is leading GPC or where have you been stretched or challenged as, a, as an elder. Uh, we kind of talked about that. You kind of knew some of that was coming. But let's just go to that right now. What, what would you say... Um, Either this has taught you about yourself or how it's changed you, how it's challenged you. Let's talk about that angle first, and we'll talk about where you see GPC going and all that. But let's talk about what, what this has taught you about yourself, um, how it's changed or challenged you. Well, I'd say a little bit of, little bit of the same thing that Jesse talked about. The fact that, uh, that my insecurities, my not feeling like I'm capable... Um, but being willing to step into those fears. I know Tim talks about stepping into the fears and being willing to do that. Um, but still understanding my shortcomings are still here, but God can take any of us um, and use us for his glory. And I think that's the thing that, I would, that I've probably learned the most about the last three years is that... Um, God doesn't ask us to be the best at, at what we're doing or, or even know how to do it always. Um, but if we're willing to step into those, those fears or being willing to, to let him use us, um, he does have ways of getting us through. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's a good part, I think, about what I've enjoyed about being an elder is, is being able to allow God to to use me in ways that I didn't think I was capable of. Can I push into that with you a little, Jim? Um, what, do you, what do you think was the most, maybe, maybe the question is why, was it fear, why were you fearful of being an elder? Or what, what did you, was it an inadequacy thing? Was it, I don't know if I'd have this, that, or the other thing, or I'm going to be asked to do too much, or you know, I'll be put in uncomfortable situations, or kind of what was it that was one of the fears that you had to step into where you were saying, man, I, I don't know about this or that. I'd say probably, probably one of the toughest things was uh, the teaching aspect of telling other people or, help, or talking about the Bible in ways that, that I don't always understand uh, and feeling like I should know all that before I try to teach somebody else or even help somebody else understand that uh, was a scary thought for me. What if I make a mistake? What if I don't say something right? Um, but I think that part of it is, I mean, I'm an S personality enough that, that I can allow that to, to kind of bounce off of me, uh, which has been yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, but still, that's the scary part, I think, of, of feeling like I'm not adequate to teach uh, the scripture just because I don't didn't feel like I knew it good and well enough, I guess. Yeah. But it has allowed me to, to, to find out and, and, and look at it and, and dig into it more. Yeah, that's good. 
Good stuff. All right. Guys, anyone else here? What do you think? How, how has it changed you or how have you been challenged? Um, what has it taught you about yourself? That kind of a thing. Um, I'll talk a little bit here um, as far as what, what um, it's taught me. And actually, this goes back to uh, before, I was <clears throat> before I was nominated for an eldership position, but uh, participated in, in a uh, group study with a, a number of men, some of whom I'm sitting beside here. Um, it was entitled Charting Bold Course. And one of the things that we did um, throughout that study that I had never done before was um, to sit down and basically write out or chart our life story. And uh, one of the things that the, the book asked us to do was to, to look at specific events in our life and to, to try to tie them together and to look at how one event in our life impacted another. So one of the things I think that this has taught me as I look back and look at the events in my life, and it's, it was interesting this morning in Sunday school, we were talking about um, events in our life, trying events in our life that have had an impact on, on our faith. Um, and I look back to, some of, some of you guys know this, but uh, a number of years ago I had a, a pretty serious motorcycle accident that really made me um, kind of reconsider where my life was going. But how events in my life uh, over you know, many years have led to, a point, um, led to the point at which I am now. And uh, it, was, it was just an eye-opener for me to see that. Um, and this, again, again, I believe, is, is one step in the journey um, as hopefully I continue on the road that God wants me to go on. Um, as far as how it's changed me, I think you know, one of the things that, that my wife and I, Michelle and I, talked about a little bit um, last night as, as I was going over some of these questions is that um, changes, changes our perspective, changes my perspective when, um, when we see some of the journeys that people are on here uh, within the church and um, the need for compassion, I guess, um, and realizing that everybody's journey, there, there's, you know, everybody's got some kind of a backstory, and, uh, you know, you hear more of that, too, when you're in a, in a position like this, so. Definitely. Good. Um, okay, let's keep this going here. What, uh, as you look out now on the on the landscape of GPC, um, let's ask the question that was asked here. Uh, what, what excites you? Uh, this was one of the questions that came. What excites you about um, where God is leading Grace Point Church? Or as you look out at the landscape now, what do you see? You know, what, what, what do you say like, yep, this is good. Um, we're, we're really grateful for where we're at here. Or, you know, what kind of excites you? Yeah, I just think of all all the opportunities that we have, um, whether it be going to Costa Rica or, you know, up to Maine or, you know, all the the opportunities we have to work uh, and also around here in the community. um, You know, for myself, I'm not a real construction guy, but yet I can I can paint, I can do do other things like that. And uh, just the. And and the the. uh, the way we work together is exciting. The way we can, and if you don't know somebody that comes here, and all of a sudden, like when I was painting, I was painting beside someone I didn't didn't really know. We got to know each other, and it was really neat to 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 do that to um, to have a new friend. Yeah, good. It's good to make friends who are painters. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good, Brad. 
Um, I think one of the things that excites me and has been a change in the last 20 years is the face that our church community is, has in the local community. Um, we are a place that is looked to not only by people surrounding this church, but the school district, the township, as a place that really cares, that will help. Um, it doesn't come without its challenges. And it, and it yeah, it makes a lot of, of extra work. But our people here, I feel, have a real heart for this community and want to see change and want to see a betterment and are willing to get their hands dirty to do it. And that has... I feel in the last few years especially has evidenced itself in the willingness of the school district to trust our church with programs that are unheard of in other parts of the county or state and the township as well. Mm-hmm. And that, that shows me a lot that there's a lot of good coming out of here that, that is being recognized. Yeah, definitely. Good. Jim, Jesse, you guys want to pipe in on that? You want to add anything to it? Well said. Jim says, well said, the man who likes to talk has nothing to say. All right, Jesse, you got anything you want to add? Or that was, that was about it. Okay, good. A um, couple of significant or uh, kind of programmatic questions here, and I'll, I'll probably just answer these quick. One was, um, do you, each of you have a focus of the church that you are responsible for? In other words, some church elder teams, you know, are responsible for like missions and worship and whatever, youth and mercies or something like that. Um, that's not how we do it here. We, we don't do that. There's not a unique role like that for, for our elders. Um, more of a general oversight is what our elder team does. So that was, that was a good question to ask there. Uh, secondly, another question was, um, what is, there, is there a difference between a church board and an elder board, such as responsibilities or authority, things like that? I'm not quite sure. I don't, I'm not quite sure who sent this one. If you want to follow up afterwards, it's fine. But um, when we talk about a... We don't have a separate church board. We have an elder board or an elder team here, we call it. So these guys, and really Joel and I, but are the elder team or the elder board. Um, we also work with, you should know this, we also work with the deacon board. I don't know if that's a term maybe you're thinking about when it comes to this. The deacon board is made up of five, uh, four men, one woman here, and I don't know if I see you all now, but each of them have a different responsibility. Deacon of finance and administration, deacon of mercies, you know, deacon of... Uh, property, things like that. Um, and they manage, the, the deacons kind of tend to manage uh, the physical needs of the church a little bit more directly. And the elders, if you want to generalize it, would be kind of overseeing the spiritual needs of the church, broad generalization. They kind of work together. Deacon boards serve the, the, the needs, physical needs of the people. Elder board serves the overall um, leadership of the church. Um, so there's not a separate board. This is our primary leadership board there. If that doesn't answer the question, kind of fire away for another one, okay? Um, I gotta open this guy up to read this one here. Um, here we go. Um, okay, question about what do we see going forward? And, and um, someone asked, "What do we see going forward?" And my answer to that is, "Come back next week." All right, and we'll uh, we'll answer that question next week in terms of where we're going and what we what we see. Um, okay, let me let me ask this question. Um, as you guys are thinking about, has this had any kind of um, has this had any kind of impact on your family? Okay, for your wife, for your kids, has this changed your family dynamic at all? Just speak to that for a moment, if you would. I'd say it probably has given us uh, 
a little different perspective. Uh, obviously, I don't share nearly everything with, with the whole family that we discuss or talk about or whatever, but, but there's certain aspects of it that allows me to, uh, to, to share with them um, just in the behind-the-scenes stuff that, that normally when I was just, when I was sitting here, there's things that you just don't see. Um, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes uh, with community, with individuals. A lot of stuff uh, like that, I think, has, has helped us with the perspective of people in the church, I guess. Uh, so, but otherwise, I don't think other than just not being at home quite as much, maybe. <laughs> yep. We'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah. Good. Anyone else? I mean, any changes to family, wife, kids, or anything like that, or, or their perceptions of how they're, they're seen or anything like that, Dale? I just think that being in a, a leadership role, or maybe the kids, well, I think it's been four years now, my kids uh, maybe haven't seen me in that type of role for, I've been, I was a Sunday school teacher for a long time with um, the primary and fifth and sixth grade. Um, but I think me being in there maybe has inspired them to uh, to maybe uh, be be leaders in the church or um, be more involved with their Sunday school classes or, or, or youth group back then. And That's good. So. Absolutely. Great, Jess. You want to? Yeah, I think uh, for for Michelle and I, I don't I don't know that it's impacted my kids a lot at this point in their life anyway other than that they know that dad goes uh, to church meetings occasionally um, and they last a long time. But uh, for my wife and I, I think it's been a good thing because there's, you know, there's things that, uh, that we talk about very, you know, very in-depth, um, process things together and, and lean on each other. Um, some of the relationships that we've established now with people in the, in the church. Um, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a good thing um, for for her and I um, as we relate to each other. Really, yeah, good. All right, one more question from the audience here, if you will. Then I have one last question. So if you want to ask a question, now's your time. Get it to me. Otherwise, we're going to wrap this up in just a minute here. Uh, the question is: Have you ever wanted to be an elder? And I think I think what they're getting after is: um, Before you were asked to be an elder, were you ever sitting around thinking, "Man, I would like to do this. I would like to." to Dale, would you like to clarify that nodding of the, the no? <laughs> you're you're stuck on no. Okay, yeah. clearly Dale's a no on that one. But I think I think that's the question. Did you did you desire a role like this? Were you ever thinking, "Man, this would be interesting. It would be interesting to serve in this way." But Dale, you're a no. Yeah, I never never thought about it. Never, never. thought about it. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, I was told by someone in this congregation that um, elders are supposed to be old and have long beards. So I never I never really aspired to be that. But no, I um, you know even even when uh, you know, back when we went through um, the charting of old course leadership thing, I had I had told Tim that yeah I'm, I'm interested in doing that, but I'm really not interested in being leader being in leadership in the church. It's more for you know I'm interested in doing that because I want to be a better leader within my family. So. Interesting where God leads you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Brad? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was something that definitely crossed my mind at that time of my life. Yeah. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't have thrown it out as a non-option for later, but right. yeah, like I said, it was kind of caught me by surprise. Yep, yep. Jim, you're in the same boat here? I'd say to start with, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, it's been in a 
a lot more enjoyable, I would say, surprisingly, I guess. <laughs> How about it's that? It's different. Uh, but it's, yeah, yeah it's uh, challenging, but definitely uh, I'd say I've enjoyed the last three years. Yeah, yeah good. My last question for you guys, all right, is, is simply this. Um, if you can kind of wrap up your elder experience um, and, and what you see going on at Grace Point right now, um, combine that with your own, the, the challenges that you faced personally when you came onto the elder board and you thought, okay, I'm, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm willing to. I don't know if I can, but I, I will. Um, if you could say one thing to, to the church body, right? Um, if you happen to have the microphone on a Sunday morning, okay, and you had, you had an opportunity to say one thing to the people at Grace Point Church, to those whom we, we attempt to serve and lead, um, what would you say to, to this group of people here? Boy, just one thing? You got it, man. Mm. I'd say the series that we came through in our Sunday school class Five things that God uses to grow your faith has probably been one of the best things that that um, that I've just really been passionate about. And I guess one thing that I would say to to all of you is that as you look forward to the to the next year, and I don't want to take away from what you're saying next week, but but just being willing to step into things that God allows in your life. You look at it and say, I don't know if I can do this. God does use those situations uh, to grow you in ways that you just can't imagine. So, so the group of people that we have here has been, I've just thoroughly enjoyed being part of, part of this group. And I know there's huge potential. Uh, you guys already do a lot of great things, are willing to do a lot of good things. But... But I, one thing, I guess, would be step into the things that seem almost impossible and allow God to use you um, in whatever way he wants you to, I guess. But, uh, but growing your faith is one of the best things that, you, that we can do as we walk uh, with people. And I guess that's what I'd like to do, is be able to walk beside all of you or any of you and allow you to be the best person or be the person that God wants you to be. That wasn't exactly one, one thing, was it? We'll take it as one thing, okay. man. You said it all in one breath, so that counts. Okay. Good. Great stuff. Jess? Yeah, he was reading my notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, um, yeah, one thing that I would say is as I look out over the congregation here and, and think about some of the, the uh, relationships that have been established is to continue um, to, to do that and to be real with each other. Um, you know, one of the other things that I had written down here too, um, just like Jim said, was, and in particular to the men in the congregation, as I look at my own experience and as you've heard from the guys up here, you know, this isn't something that we aspire to do. It's something that was presented to us as an opportunity and a challenge. And again, I would encourage you guys to, to step into those challenges because, um, man, you get to hang out with guys like this up here. <laughs> Yeah, and I would echo that and, and say, um, I think we as our heritage, as we've grown up in this area, we kind of like perfection. We like to uh, do things well. One thing that I would like to say is don't wait for somebody more qualified that you feel is more qualified to do the job. 
if there's an opportunity, step into it and do it. Failure is not such a bad thing. I mean, you tried. Don't always wait for somebody better to do the job, I guess, is what I'm... There's, there's many opportunities out there, and we will continue to have more. So don't be, don't be waiting for somebody that you think is better to take a hold of that. Uh, I think what I think of is to be more uh, bold, be more aggressive in your Christian life, being more out of the box, so to speak. This is a big step for me just to be up here today. Um, but yet there's some examples like we just moved to Strasburg a year ago, and I said, I want to learn to know my neighbors right here. I don't want to, be, I don't want to sit in the, in the house and look out and see who's out there. I want to, I want to be aggressive. I want to go out and learn who is around us and, and get to know them and, and let them know more about me. And um, that has really helped us as far as our move goes. I know even on Friday, Friday nights, uh, two times a month, our small group uh, meets there. And we've had questions from our neighbors, like, who's, you know, who do you have meeting there? What's going on? And we, t- we tell them what's going on and about the church. So I think just to step out of your box for, and for myself as being more outgoing has helped me. And maybe it would help, you know, and help you as far as that. Excellent. Um, hey, guys, thank you very much. We, um, we had one final question, and really more of a comment about explaining the misunderstanding about the term elder. I think what we're getting after in that that text here is that elder doesn't mean you have to be whatever quote unquote old is to, to be an elder. That's not about you don't just become qualified because you age. Um, you become qualified as the congregation sees the work of God in your life and says when it comes to being an elder or someone to oversee quote unquote what we do at GPC. God has been working in this person's life. They've been doing the things that you say, stepping into their fears, doing that kind of thing. Um, they've been leading, they've been serving, they've been attempting to be consistent in their, their family, in their own personal lives, in their business. Um, these kind of people are the kind of people that we'd like to see serve the congregation. So if that helps clarify that misnomer. You don't have to be, quote-unquote, old. In fact, we don't, we've never had any old people serve as elders, okay? Right, Dale? That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, Guys, I hope you appreciate these guys. I, I know you do. Um, some of you may never have seen these guys before, didn't know who they were. Um, if you have a chance this morning, uh, just bump into them, say thank you, because all their time is donated to the church and to you, to where we're going. Um, I'm really grateful for them. They're volunteering a lot of time, a lot of thought and prayer into what goes on um, here at GPC. In fact, one of the things they've been doing and we've been doing recently is um, when we get those uh, information cards in the bulletin, um, Lois, Brad's wife, who works as our administrative assistant here, will we'll organize them and then we'll send out to all the guys all the prayer requests on the back of those cards. It helps us stay connected to you, gives us a way to, to kind of stay in touch with, with all the folks here at GPC. So we are kind of staying connected that way. But yeah, if you see these guys today, um, or their wives, um, who we didn't identify, and I think I'd, I'd like to do that real quick if we can. Um, they really do a lot for the church, and we're grateful for them. So if, if we can, we'll just do a real quick. I know, wives, I didn't warn you about this, but just so you know, I'll, I'll start with me. My wife, Jen, is over here. Do you mind just popping up and kind of looking around? There we go. Okay. Kathy Gaiman is right behind Jen. She belongs to Dale over here, and we'll just kind of go by elder team from Dale over. Then Brad, Lois is right over here. You can, there you go. There's Lois. And then um, 
Jesse, Michelle is right back there. There's Michelle, and then Rose is goes with Jim, and she's right over right over here. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate what you do and um, and your time here this morning. Um, we are. Uh, looking forward to what will come at GPC and uh, more of that to come next week in our State of the Union. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Okay. Hey, will you pray with me and then we'll, we'll keep rolling this morning. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity this morning to hear from these guys. Uh, we're grateful for what they do and what they contribute, what they invest to the church. We're grateful for the theme that went around the table here of when opportunities arise, that they step into them rather than step back from them. This willingness to be um, <clears throat> trusting, <clears throat> excuse me, trusting you, and not uh, just leaning in their own power and their own strength and looking at their own limitations, but realizing that to be to be men who are following after a God who is all sufficient, that they need to be uh, men who trust in that all-sufficient God to provide all their needs. And so I pray that you continue to move within us as a church body that that can be said of all of us, that we continue to grow and lean into our trust in you in a way that is full and complete and true and do our all-sufficient, all-loving, all-caring, all-merciful God. We thank you, Father, for the time this morning for these guys and their wives and what they do and how they serve us at GPC. And we pray this in Jesus' name.